Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! This episode is sponsored by Formatted Books. Formatted Books is a book design company for independent authors who want to see their written work come alive. Hello, listeners. The RV is back on the road, heading to the Green Mountains in Vermont to talk to Suzanne Casamento, who is fresh off a two-month stay in Bonaire in the Caribbean Netherlands. Suzanne is the author of the books Fingerprints and Shoes in Tally. Her latest book is called All the Moments in Between. So, Suzanne, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much, Lucia. I am so excited to talk with you. Me too. And did you know, Suzanne, that your last name means wedding in Portuguese? I did know that. And it's it's a little bit ironic because I have never been married. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And what is the origin of your surname? Um, it's actually Italian. The Casamento comes from the Italian part of my family. And um, they actually are from... Um, Sicily, uh-huh. um, near uh, Messina, mm-hmm. in a little town called Tindiri. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. Maybe you'll go there with me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love Italy, and it's one of my favorite places. And actually, casamento in Italian is matrimonio. So I'm curious to know about it and I will check it out. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. It's interesting because um, casamiento in Spanish is also marriage. And so um, people actually mention it more than you would think. It's really, mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun, it's a, it's a fun last name. <laughs> it's nice. It's interesting. Yeah. And Susan, you've done something that I know a lot of people dream of. What inspired you to sell all your belongings and go to the Caribbean? (laughs) Well, it was a series of events. (laughs) So um, I, uh, during the pandemic, um, I was living in Los Angeles. I've been living in Los Angeles for 25 years and loving Los Angeles. Um, But I had a series of, of, uh, situations, um, where I was living in an apartment by the beach and there was mold in that apartment and I had to get rid of everything. And, um, actually the first time I had to get rid of everything was in 
2009. In 2008, I lost um, my job uh, in the economic crash. And um, in 2009, I had to sell my home in a short sale, meaning that, you know, the home was worth less at that point than the bank, than I owed the bank. And so uh, I got rid of basically everything and downsized from a a house in the Hollywood Hills um, into uh, one of my friend's extra bedrooms. It was, it it was an eight by 10 room. So (laughs) So that was the first time I got rid of everything. And then the next time I got rid of everything was in 2016. I was living in a little, um, what I called a beach shack right across the street from the ocean. Which, um, and it was, it, was a, it was a crappy place, but a great location. And um, I started seeing mold appearing on my clothing. And so I had to get rid of everything, the furniture, the clothes, my books, everything. Um, And then I moved into another place in Santa Monica and eventually that place had mold too. So I got rid of everything again. Oh, I know it's crazy. So in um, February of of 2020, I, I decided I got to get away from the beach. This isn't working for me. (laughs) So, so I moved to West Hollywood into this beautiful apartment and this gorgeous old apartment building, which old by LA standards, 1938. Um, and it was such a beautiful apartment. It had been, uh, all the right things had been renovated, like the, you know, the kitchen and new appliances and beautiful tiling. And, but, but the landlord kept, um, wonderful uh, art deco chandeliers and glass doorknobs and um, all of all, uh, all of these wonderful old effects. And I just fell in love with the apartment. So I moved in there in February of 2020. And then on March 16th, California shut down for the pandemic. And um, I was still loving it. But then in June, a couple moved in upstairs. And it was stop, 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 stop. Like, I mean, all the time. I don't know if this man had a major cocaine habit and was just pacing back and forth on the phone all the time, <laughs> but yeah. And, and, um, and then there was a howling dog and then there was, you know, they, they were fighting and then the relationship had really bad energy and, and, and of course it was the middle of a pandemic and LA felt very, I felt very anxious in LA. So I, um, my mom and my stepfather live on a mountain in the middle of nowhere in Vermont. And so I thought I'm going there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I went there and I spent, uh, September until really May of 20, or 2020 to 2021, um, in Vermont and in the spring, you know, the snow started melting and I thought I've got to go back there you know, it's time to go back to LA. And I didn't want to go. Um, You know, I didn't want to be around that energy. Um, Because it's, you know, it sounds like, well, it's just the guy upstairs. But the thing with energy, which I know, you know, (laughs) I know, you know, right? It it doesn't stop for walls and floors. Um, I could feel that terrible man upstairs. 
I've actually written about him <laughs> in a post on my blo- on my website called The Terrible Man Upstairs. That's how much this his energy affected me. Um, and I just didn't want to go back. And so I started thinking, well, what can I do? You know, what should I do? And so I actually called my amazing energy healer, Gars Chan, and I said, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about traveling. Should I travel? And she said, yeah, it's really strong for you. And, um, and so then I said, well, um, I'm, I, you know, I feel like I need someone to go with like a boyfriend or a friend. And she said, there's a difference between needing and wanting. You may, you may want a boyfriend or a friend to go with you, but you don't need them. And besides you'll meet them on the way. And if you're afraid, all the more reason to do it. So um, I joined a bunch of digital nomad groups on Facebook and um, or female digital nomad groups on Facebook. And I started asking questions. Where can I go? That's below the hurricane belt. That's safe for women. That's in the Caribbean. That's beautiful. um, Has good Wi-Fi so I could work while I was there. And Bonaire kept coming up. And so that's where I went. Oh, I think I would prefer to have the mold than a neighbor like this one. I know. It seems like Bonaire is a paradise. It was so beautiful. Bonaire is so beautiful. It's this incredible island, which is really a um, a haven for uh, snorkelers and scuba divers. And um, the people are so wonderful and warm and friendly and um the waters are just incredibly beautiful that turquoise color that you know you get in the caribbean um and the snorkeling was amazing i mean i saw fish that i didn't didn't even know they existed and i was able to walk out the door literally walk out the door onto the patio cross the street jump in the water and snorkel every day wow that's like a dream it was incredible we actually, my husband and I, decided we don't want to live in big cities anymore. Mm-hmm. But we'd rather live a quieter life, close to nature. So we finally made the switch. And Suzanne, are there any downsides to being a digital nomad? Well, um, that's such a good question. First, we have to tell the audience that we chatted a little bit before we started recording. (laughs) And where Lucia is staying is amazingly beautiful. It is. (laughs) (laughs) An an amazingly beautiful town in Spain, right on the water, and I'm going to visit her. (laughs) Definitely, you have to come. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I think... A downside for me, or, or, or maybe not necessarily a downside, but a lot, but some of the things I learned on my journey in Bonaire is that it is really hot in Bonaire during the rainy season. <laughs> Do you always need to use your AC? Well, so most of the year, from what I understand, you do not need to use the air conditioning um in fact in most of the apartments there 
uh, only the bedrooms are air conditioned and everything else is, you know, uh, lots of windows and screen doors and things like that, because there's an incredible breeze that comes off the water. The issue was that during this rainy season, which, you know, I went right in the middle of the rainy season, it's incredibly hot and humid because from what I understand, and I could be totally wrong, but, you know, tropical storms come and they don't really hit the island more than just some rain. But uh, it's almost like they suck up all the wind in the Caribbean. Mm. And so the island is left with this incredibly heavy, hot, humid sky and no breeze. And at that point, it feels unbearable. It's like, I mean, I I sweated more than I've ever sweat in my entire life. Wow. (laughs) It must be like Florida. I, I mean... I guess I, 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 I'm not, I mean, I've never felt that hot in Florida, but, but then again, I've never been to Florida in August. So it's terrible. I can tell you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's similar. And, um, and, and then, you know, there were a lot of bugs and, um, and so I, you know, those are the negative things, but also it's just that I didn't know certain things. Like I didn't know, Uh, So the apartment that I rented was the ground floor with a patio that walked out to a pool and right across the street was the ocean. It was beautiful. But I didn't know that there's less breeze on a ground floor or there's more bugs closer to the ground. Like, I just didn't know things like that. So, you know, the the whole idea was to go there and learn. And I have like a list of things I learned. <laughs> and also as beautiful as Bonaire is, it really hasn't developed much of a digital nomad community. And so um, I did realize that in the future, I want to go to uh, areas where there is a large digital nomad community. And, you know, meaning that, well, maybe I go and I stay at a co-living place for a week somewhere and then decide, do I want to stay longer? Okay. Well, maybe someone I meet at the co-living place and I go and rent a place for, you know, a few more weeks or a month or something like that. But, um, I had an epiphany at one point really, because one of my amazing psychic medium friends Mm -hmm. messaged me one day and she said, do you need me to pull some cards for you? And I said, yes. (laughs) So she, one of the cards she pulled, um, said integration. And I, it said, and she said, you know, now is the time to integrate all you've gathered. And as soon as she said that, I thought writing retreats, I can travel to writing retreats. And that way, you know, when I get to the writing retreat in Tuscany, I'm in Tuscany. I have built in friends. They're writers. We have mutual interests. We can go off and, and sightsee. Uh, We can write together. We can, you know, uh, do all sorts of things. And, and, and that would give me a built-in community. So that was the one thing that I was really lacking, although I did meet incredible, amazing people in Bonaire and um, uh, who were so supportive and fun and took me out and showed me around. And, but that, that sense of community is something I'm really looking forward to in different, um, in future, future travels. Yes, I know what you mean. And I checked your book fingerprints and it talks about abusive relationships am i correct yes you are correct 
So what would you do to help someone in an abusive relationship until they were willing and able to get out of? Yeah. So um, fingerprints is loosely based on um, an abusive boyfriend I had when I was in high school. In order to help other people, you really have to understand where that, what that person has experienced and how those experiences um, impact that person in a way that they allow certain behaviors to continue. So for example, when I was growing up, there was a lot of fighting in my household. And so um, this guy was my first boyfriend. And so when he yelled at me, um, I didn't realize anything was wrong. I thought it was normal. I know. I'm <laughs> it happens a lot. It happens a lot, right? And so I didn't realize something was wrong until he hit me. And then it was, oh, something is wrong. That's one of the biggest problems. You know, when someone's in an abusive relationship, it doesn't always register that that is abuse. You know, that comes from trauma, past traumas. It comes from all, all kinds of places. You know, it could be uh, someone criticizing you as a child. If you are criticized over and over, you end up having low self-esteem. Someone with low self-esteem is going to allow um, negative behavior more than someone with high self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And when you know those things and you can kind of stand back and look at it, um, it's, it's very easy to see how it all happens. But when you are in it, you, you just, you can't see any of it. When you are in it, the biggest thought is, how do we get, how do I get back to the way it was in the beginning? The beginning was so fun. He was so nice to me. It was so wonderful. He was so loving. Where's that guy? I love that guy. Let's find that guy again. And the problem is it takes a long time to realize that he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And you know, you said something very important. Their self-esteem is commonly zero. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in order to um, heal from that kind of trauma and abuse, it's, it's, very, it's a very long process. It's a very long and difficult. And especially, see, for me, I was so lucky because that happened to me when I was a, a kid. I was, I was a teenager. I had a home. I had parents that I eventually went to. I tried to handle the situation by myself in the beginning, and that did not work out well. But... <laughs> But, um, you know, if that had happened to me in my 30s or my 40s, a, a partner could have destroyed my credit, taken all my money, um, taken all my power from me, in, in, in addition to obviously saying horrible things or doing horrible things to me. They can control your entire life. And, you know, people offhandedly say, oh, why doesn't she just leave? Because you can't. When someone controls, you know, owns your home, when someone controls your money, when someone monitors everything you do 24 hours a day, when someone has separated you and ostracized you from your family and your friends, there's no one to get help from. Yes, absolutely. And it's also normal for abuse victims to feel guilty. And sometimes, as you said, they have no one to talk about. And yeah, it's difficult. The best thing is try to talk with family and also friends. Yes, yes. It will, it will persist until 
like you said, until a family member or a friend rescues them, if you will, or until the person realizes, you know, there's always that moment. If I don't get out now, he's going to kill me, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and some people heed that they, some people uh, follow their intuition and understand that that's real and they, you know, and they go, um, or, uh, or they don't, but, um, yeah, I, I, everything you say is so valid. And unfortunately, uh, our society is currently set up to protect the men and not the women. It's very difficult to find resources to help women get out of these relationships. If you call the national hotline for domestic abuse and you get put on hold and then they do some research and find out, well, there aren't any uh, organizations near you because there's no funding. Why are we not funding this? Why aren't we making women's health and, and women's lives a priority? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we need to read your book. Uh, What is the genre? It's a young adult novel, but the main character is 16. And her her friends are are similar ages. And then there's a uh, follow up book to to it called um, Choosing Tally, which is which is the main characters. When she has two best friends, Tally at uh, Tally and Jane, and um, Choosing Tally is Tally's story, where she also um, goes on a journey to discover her worth and love herself. Really, you just finished your book. All the moments in between. Can you tell us what this book is about? Yes. This book is, I'm so excited about this book. This book is just, it's so beautiful. Um, The main character is 38. She is not a young adult. And uh, she seemingly has it all. She has uh, an amazing fiance, her dream job. She's a set decorator in Hollywood. Uh, she and her fiance have just uh, purchased a craftsman bungalow uh, and an old craftsman bungalow, which they're going to renovate together. And they have all these amazing plans. And she uh, she discovers she's pregnant and uh, goes to the doctor and is diagnosed with breast cancer at the same time as her pregnancy. And so she is forced to make a choice because her cancer is estrogen driven. So she has to choose between her life and her babies. And 
her fiance does not like her choice and disappears. And she is left in this bungalow, which is like falling apart to deal with her trauma on her own. And she makes terrible decisions, terrible decisions. (laughs) And uh, uses all the wrong coping strategies uh, until they no longer work. And she has to learn to heal. And it is just such a beautiful story about healing trauma and discovering your worth and friendship and love. And oh, it's just beautiful. So I am querying agents right now, uh, looking for a new agent. And um, that process is slow, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'll find one soon. And um, get that book out there because I, I think it's just so important for so many people to read. I'm sure it is. I'm like, I'm looking forward already to read your, this book. (laughs) And I think I'll cry. Oh yeah. I I cry. I I cry. Every time I read it, I cry. I cry in the beginning. I cry in the middle. I cry in the end. I cry. I always cry when I read books, when I watch movies. It's just me. Like, I keep crying. Me hey, too. You too? Yes. I can't wait to go for a walk on that beach in Spain and cry together. <laughs> yeah. And Susan, you also have battled Lyme disease. Can you tell us a bit about your journey with it? And when did you first experience symptoms? Mm. Yes, um, I did. I was challenged with chronic Lyme disease for many years. Uh, in 2003, I got bit by a tick on, uh, during a visit to New Jersey. And I went to the doctor there and they gave me... Um, all sorts of antibiotics. I took them and then I was tested about three months later. And with the best testing and the best knowledge they had of the disease at the time. And they said, Oh, you're fine. It's gone. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and live your life. I said, okay. So I went ahead and lived my life pretty normally um, until 2012 when I moved into that moldy beach shack. Now, at the time, I didn't know that there was mold in the beach shack. I just knew that after I moved in there, I started getting all these weird infections and didn't know why I went to, I went to all sorts of doctors. I went to, you know, uh, general practitioners and naturopaths and homeopaths and, um, you know, I mean, just every kind of doctor you can imagine. Then I started seeing a, um, a Chinese herbalist. And, and then I had a breakup. I had a terrible breakup in 2014 um, with someone who I really thought was the forever guy. And I had this, uh, I had a physical reaction where my back, uh, I had a herniated disc and back spasms. And I was unable to walk for about eight months. But I remember lying on the sofa in the beach shack, right? And I'm staring at the ceiling and I'm unable to move and I'm high on painkillers and I'm crying. And I thought, maybe I need to get some help. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so I got some help. So I started to see a uh, somatic therapist who also uh, did talk therapy. And, and then I continued to see the Chinese herbalist about all these weird infections I was getting. And what's really interested about interesting about Lyme disease is that, you know, people, um, people associate Lyme disease with classic symptoms of joint pain and swelling and things like that. But Lyme is a really devious uh, disease in that it attacks your weakest systems. So for me, I got urinary tract infections, kidney infections, candida infections. I had fevers like daily. It was, it was like, we just couldn't figure out what was happening. And again, I was going to doctor after doctor after doctor. Um, and meanwhile, working through past traumas uh, with the therapist and um, seeing this Chinese herbalist. And so this Chinese herbalist did muscle testing. And she, during one of the sessions, she looked at me and she said, you've been exposed to high levels of mold. In fact, you're living in it right now. And you need to move immediately to which I burst out laughing. It was now, you know, like 2015 and I, I was broke at the time and my best friend was dying of breast cancer and she had these two little babies and like, we were trying to keep them alive and keep her alive. And I was sick and it was just, a, it was a disaster. The idea of moving in the middle of it was hilarious. Plus I, I really I didn't quite believe her. <laughs> so about a week later, I went to go, I went to pull um, uh, a t-shirt out of a drawer and it was covered in this white stuff. And so I, I pulled out another shirt and a pair of jeans and all of my clothes were covered in this stuff, which I realized, oh my God, maybe this is mold. Huh. So um, I ended up, I ended up, at 44 years old, having to call my father and say, can you lend me money to move? Like it was horrible. And this was, you know, I, I had mentioned earlier that I, I had been um, negatively impacted by the financial crash in 2008. It, it actually took me until 2019 to recover financially. Wow. Yeah. So I had to call my father. Thankfully he said, yes, thank you, dad. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and I moved into a new apartment, but at that point, you know, I had, I had gotten rid of everything, uh, all of my clothing, all of my, everything that was non-porous. So I did keep metal, uh, you know, uh, um, stainless cookware and anything that had a glaze on it. So plates, things like that came with me, but really everything else, that was it gone in the trash. So I moved into the new place in Santa Monica. And the more research I did, the more I learned that Lyme disease and mold were connected uh -huh. and that mold exposure can re-trigger Lyme disease. Ah. No idea. Well, so the Chinese was, she knew about it. And yes, she, she was right. She knew. Mm -hmm. So, um, so after that, I, I saw a, um, I found a Western Lyme specialist up in 
San Francisco because like there don't seem to be any in LA. People still believe, oh, Lyme disease, you can't get that here. Yes, you can. And um, and so I started to see that Western doctor and and I started to feel a little bit better. She gave me some antivirals that really um, stopped the daily fevers because Lyme has a lot of friends. Epstein-Barr virus, so many viruses are associated with Lyme. And my body was just so uh, overridden with the burden of all of these viruses. And so, um, so after going to the Western doctor, that helped a little bit. And then, um, but in 2017, I was really unable to work for most of the year. I was so sick. I made $31,000 and I paid $20,000 out of pocket for medical care. It's crazy crazy. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's a big example of what's wrong with America right there. But anyway, so in, in January of 2018, I thought I've got to do something different this year. What am I going to do? So I Googled the best energy healer in LA and I found the energy healer I mentioned earlier, Garz Chan. And Um, I went to see her and I said, I'm sick. I'm broke. I don't have any clients. I don't have any work. You know, my tongue is green and fuzzy. My hair is falling out. I, you know, I mean, it was, I was, it was horrible. I weighed like 116 pounds, which for me, I mean, normal is 138. So, I mean, I was emaciated. My skin tone was green. I'm not kidding. And (laughs) it was horrible. So I went to her. She started, I don't know what she does. Her magic is incredible. She started doing some magic and I started to feel a little bit better. And meanwhile, I had joined a Lyme group where people were talking about a device called an amp coil, which is a frequency healing device, which basically tunes your body like with that, almost like with a pitchfork to, um, to health. It's cumulative and, um, and so I asked the Lyme specialist, the Western doctor, and I said, have you heard of Amcoil? And she said, yes. In fact, I have a patient who, who I don't see anymore because she cured herself with it. Wow. And at that point, I, I thought I've got to get one. Of course, it's incredibly expensive. And so, you know, I called a dear friend and I said, can I borrow $8,000? <laughs> wow, 8000 Yeah. And so, and his wife has been chronically ill for a long time. And she said, give her the money. You have no idea what it feels like to be like this every day. (laughs) So, so we, I, uh, thanks to them, uh, purchased an amp coil and that was in May of 2018 by June of 2019, I was completely healed. That's incredible. This what sparked your spiritual healing journey. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that uh, the, the, the spiritual journey, I believe, started in 2014 when I was on the couch, unable to move and staring at the ceiling while high on painkillers and b- heartbroken. You know, that moment of maybe I need some help. That moment sparked the journey. And um, I've been on it ever since. And it's just been amazing. You came through a lot of problems and now you are happy you decide to be a digital nomad you are doing a lot of things 
and I believe that we are all energy. We we receive energy all the time. We exchange energy. And you had the chance to be healed. And this is so amazing. Congratulations, because you deserve it. Oh, thank you. And I believe the same thing, that we are all energy and we all deserve to be healed. And, you know, healing isn't just about the physical. It's about the emotional. It's about trauma. It's about we're all here to heal. We're all here to heal what's been done in in this life, past lives. We're just... Yes, I agree with you a million percent. And in that way, Lyme disease was actually an incredible gift for me because it made me do all of that work. It made me go through all that therapy. It made me reach out to energy healers, (laughs) you know, um, and, and I tried so many forms of healing, uh, breathwork, meditation, sound baths, Reiki, energy healing, acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine. And, and so experiencing all of these different modalities, I never would have done any of that had I been healthy. I really want to have the chance to talk with you again. So Susan, where can I find you and your books? You can find me and my books at SuzanneCasamento.com. I'm also, all my social media feeds are there, Twitter and Facebook author page and Instagram. And I'm even on TikTok now (laughs) with my digital nomad journey. So that's kind of been pretty wild, but, um, but I feel the same way. I would love to speak with you some more. I, I, I think that uh, this is not a coincidence. It's not. And I'm happy that you healed. And please come to Spain. We Oh, I will. Yeah. You Don't are... you worry, Lucia. I'm on my way. <laughs> it will be amazing to have you here. We can celebrate life together. Yes, I love that. Let's celebrate life together. The world needs more of that. Yeah. So thank you very much, Susan. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.